Okay, so how are we going to grow hybrix food? The very first thing is to get a soil test, okay? Get a soil test. We're told that we should farm scientifically. Um, get a soil test. I can't stress that too much. Uh, otherwise, we're dealing with unknowns, and uh, you'll, you'll get some real problems um, because of what's been put on the soil before or because what God did at the, at the flood. Uh, and if we have that soil test, we could be a thousand miles apart and you read yours and I'll have a copy of yours there that I'll get off the internet and I'll know exactly what to do with your soil there. First of all, what are we going to do? How are we going to take a soil sample? We're going to go around and get, um, you, you use a clean bucket. What I do is to take a five gallon bucket and I put a brand new clean plastic bag in it there. Now you want to take soil samples from different parts of your garden and if you have beds you want to make, you take a little bit from each bed. If you have soil that is quite different you might need two soil tests. If you have soil that has been treated differently you might need more than one soil test. But if that soil has all been treated pretty much the same then just take a little bit from each bed. Uh, I end up with about a gallon of material spread that out. Um, again on a brand new clean plastic bag, you don't want this um, polluted at all. Mix it all together so you have a good average and from that you want to take uh, about one quart of that material, put it in a one quart Ziploc bag. Make it a little less than a quart. If you fill it totally full it won't fit in that small uh, flat rate box there. Okay. Um, uh, unless you are uh, a big farm, um, for the backyard garden, get S1, which is soil analysis with recommendations. That's $50, okay? That's the same price I pay for it. This goes to International Ag Labs. Then go down to boron. You need boron there. Okay, those two you need for sure. That's going to add another $10, so this is going to be $60 that you owe to the lab. Okay, that's a total of $60 there. <clears throat> Tells you where to send it. Uh, I need to know, in order to help you, I need to know how many square feet your garden is. So just take a measurement and give me the square footage of that garden. Uh, <clears throat> okay, you send it down here to International Ag Labs. This is the Ag Lab that was started by Dr. Kerry Reeves. Um, and... Uh, that's about it. Um, now, if you're a big farm, I might have you do other things, but uh, this is all we need at this point. Go to the post office, get the smallest flat rake box they have, okay? Um, that one quart Ziploc bag, not totally full, will just fit in there very nicely. You put this in with it, you can uh, send these people a check or you can use a credit card. Uh, and down at the bottom here it says would you like us to send a copy of your results to your dealer if you check yes I'll get a copy of it and when you get your copy I want you to call me and then I'll be able to pull this up on the internet and you and I'll be looking at the same report I'll be looking at your soil and you'll be looking at it in, in, in yours and we'll know exactly what to do what's it going to look like okay Let's just go to this. We'll have to work off of this. All right, this is what it's going to look like. So this is soil analysis report, and it'll have your name up here. This happens to be the Pine Hills Adventist Academy in Auburn, California. You'll have a lab number here and a date. I'm going to need your name and this number right here, lab result, in order to pull that up. Uh, and um, Unless it's a very new report, I'll need the date. If you have one that's a year or so old, i need the date on it too. Okay, so we start out here with humus. <clears throat> that just means organic material when it has totally been uh, degraded and is back to a form that your plants can take that, those nutrients up again. And in this case, we need a level of 30 to 40, and we had 30 that's very unusual and very good. This is for raised beds there. 
Then we go down to the nitrates and they're right on and ammonia. Ammonias are also nitrogens. Um, they do a different thing in the soil. And so we need to bring that up. That's an easy fix. Okay, now look at phosphorus here. We want a level of 174 and we have 1,410. Is that a problem? Yes. That's a huge problem. Okay, that's a huge problem. Now, how on earth did this get so far out of balance? Uh, it was because the teachers there and the people who ran this garden in the past, uh, they'd go to the garden store and they would say, well, what's a good product for me to put in here? And so somebody would say in the store, they say, well, this is a good product or this helps or somebody else says, I use such and such and so they get it. Also, uh, manures can make this go way up, all right? Uh, compost can make that go way up, out of balance. Now the phosphorus, the phosphate in the soil <coughs> stays where we put it. You can't leach it out. We talked about leaching the salt out. You can't leach that phosphate out. It just stays there. Uh, it's a problem. Anytime we have too much of one thing, it's going to make an imbalance someplace else. And now things will grow in that garden but you will not get good food and you're not going to get food that, that tastes the way we want it to and that gives you the nutrients and the healing power that we want to have. Uh, <clears throat> so what do we do with a problem like this? Well, there are several things. Uh, one is we can dilute that. Let's say that I would bring in some new soil. These are raised beds and so the soil has a tendency to shrink uh, down over the uh, time. So let's say I could add an equal amount. Let's say we had this much soil in those beds and I could add that much more on top and I could get a soil that had zero phosphate, okay? So if I had zero phosphate and I'm mixing it 50-50 with this, what have I done? Instead of 1,410, I've got 705, right? So right away we cut it way down there. Now, some of you are familiar with double digging. So if you dig deeply and you can mix that subsoil, it's not going to have zero phosphate, but it's going to have less. And so that's a way of doing it. Another thing that we do is to crop it out. Now, that takes a long time, um, but how do we crop it out? Grow things that are um, heavy feeders. That means corn. That means tomatoes. Uh, anything in the... Um, squash family, including cucumbers, um, those are all heavy feeders, all right? When that garden is through and the snow flies um, and you put that stuff in a compost pile, when that compost is ready, you don't put it back into the garden, okay? You go use it on your landscaping or lawn or someplace else. Don't put it back in the garden. It's going to take several years, but over a period of time, you can get that uh, down some. Okay, um, now here's potassium, and we want 167, and we've got 529, so we're way over in the potassium also. Uh, <coughs> let's go to calcium. Calcium is 3,000. <coughs> this is pounds per acre, <coughs> 3,000 pounds per acre. Uh, I want you to look above that number and below that number and realize you need more calcium than everything else in that list put together. Okay? We need a tremendous amount of calcium there. <clears throat> okay, um, let's go to magnesium next. We need 429. We're at two, 263, so our magnesium is down. That's an easy fix. Sodium. Now we're going to parts per million here. That little sign says that we need less than 35 parts per million, and we have four. That is very, very good because that means we can use the ocean water salts to very good example, uh, uh, um, advantage in this garden here. <clears throat> Let's go to ergs. You can write in there that that's energy release per gram per second. Energy release per gram per second. Now all that is telling me is that uh, we have conductivity in the soil. If I, if I come out to your um, farm or your garden 
uh, I have a little probe, I'll put it in the ground, it'll tell me the conductivity in the soil. It doesn't tell me what's in the soil. This tells me what's in the soil, but it tells me whether there's conductivity there or not. Okay, and that's important because the plants are actually living off of that energy in the soil. We say they're living off of uh, uh, calcium and potassium and nitrogen and so forth, and they are. But it's the reaction um, that creates the energy that those plants are really using. So that, that uh, is important. The next is ORP, <coughs> right in there that, that is oxygen reduction potential. We want 28 and we're right on there. The next is the pH, it's an extremely important number. We really want to be, for fruits and vegetables, we want to be someplace between 6 and 7, and we're at 6.8, we're just fine there. Copper, <clears throat> we want, uh, now, copper, iron, zinc, manganese, boron, and sulfur, these are all trace minerals, and here, we want to be towards the high side. We want to be within the desired range, but we want to be towards the high side for fruits and vegetables there. So, copper, we really want to be at 2.5, and we're at 15.7. Okay, we are way out of balance there. Okay, let's go over to iron next. We want to be at about 25, and we're at 37. Very high, not too bad, though. I'm not too worried about that number. Let's go to zinc, though, and I need to be at 6 or maybe a little less, and we are at 23.8. We are just out of sight on this. Um, <clears throat> manganese, this is a very, very important mineral, different than magnesium above. This is a trace mineral, manganese, and it does a lot of interesting things in the soil. One of the key things it does, it brings the spark of life into that seed so that it'll sprout. And if there's not enough manganese in the soil, the seed won't even sprout. And if it does sprout and grow with this low of uh, manganese, It'll have a hard time making seeds, which means it's going to have a hard time flowering and fruiting and making seeds. There, that number's got to go up, and this is often um, uh, low on soil tests. This is particularly important on your fruit trees, too. Okay, let's go to boron next, <clears throat> and we need to be uh, between 1 and 2. This is at uh, 1.2, so we're medium, we're okay there. We don't need to test sulfur or organic matter and so forth there. Okay, so that tells us the problem. And then in an effort to solve the problem, these are our recommendations. Let's skip that for right now. Let's go over a couple of pages. And this says native soil. Over here it was raised beds, okay? They have beautiful, nice raised beds about that high. Uh, did a beautiful job with it. But now we're at the native soil here. Now, the humus is uh, 20, so it's way down. Uh, the nitrates are way up, we're okay with that. Uh, the ammonia, also nitrogen, is way, way down. Incidentally, the, the nitrogens do two different things here. The calcium nitrates are gonna make your leaves and your stems grow, okay? So if you want lettuce and chard and cabbage, and whatever, um, and root crops you want, you want uh, calcium nitrate. If you want <clears throat> things to flower, <clears throat> to flower and fruit, uh, you want the ammonia nitrogens, okay? And we can switch a plant from growing leaves and stems to flowers and fruit. It's simple, it's easy, and you can see it within a week or two there. Okay, so we're way down here. This is an easy fix, not a problem there. Look at the phosphorus here. Um, we have a deficiency of phosphorus here. We want 174, we only have 86 here. What do we have on the previous page? 1410, okay? Um, <clears throat> this is the same, same schoolyard um, there. What we're, what we're having them do is to take this native soil and sift it because it has a lot of rocks in it. Uh, and then we take that and we are mixing it with some of this stuff to dilute it and to, to make um, better beds there. Okay, <clears throat> uh, potassium is two, 202, that's, that's where it should be about right. 
the calcium here is way down. Remember the previous page was over 4,000 here. Um, magnesium we need to bring up. Uh, sodium is low again, which is good. Okay, let's see. The copper is right where it should be instead of way over the, 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 the top here. And iron, well this iron is, high, is higher. We might have got a nail in there or something. Incidentally, uh, when you're taking the soil sample, uh, use a clean instrument. That means one without rust on it, okay? See, if you've got a rusty shovel and you're taking your soil sample, you're going to get iron uh, higher than, you, than, than it really is, okay? If you don't have anything but a rusty tool, then use it and with your hand take that soil uh, from a part of that that did not touch the rust there. <coughs> okay. <coughs> okay, here our zinc is so low. The previous one, the zinc was just, the zinc was actually toxic there. It was so high. Here we actually have to add some zinc. And uh, then the manganese here is at 13.7. It says high. We've got to we've got to bring that up. And the boron is a little lower. We've got to bring that up there. Okay. So uh, so now we go to the to the um, recommendations. And what they do is put this together for us. You'll see that some of these things are in here in a, a quarter, half a pound, one pound, quarter pound there per thousand square feet and for most people it is far easier and less expensive um, there's a company back there not international ag lab but another one that we send this report to and they measure these things out exactly then they mix it uh, for us and then they ship it out in the large flat rate boxes uh, with the, the um, U.S. Post Office. That's the least expensive way to ship this stuff. It's, it's heavy uh, and it's far less expensive to, sh to ship it that way. That's been a real boon to this business and to gardens. That's <coughs> uh, <coughs> far less expensive than going to the store and trying to pick out each one of these things individually because you'll end up, uh, let's take copper for instance, cost me well over uh, $200 uh, for a uh, for a bag of, of uh, copper and you use so little of it this is uh, a quarter of a pound you use so little of it that it ends up staying in the garage for the next 50 years there besides if you were to take all of this you would need to mix it all evenly you can't spread can't spread a pound of something evenly over a thousand square feet. When this is all mixed together and then you broadcast it and dig it in, every plant is going to get what it needs. Okay, now this is, this is a three-part um, program. What we're looking at here is the high bricks program. It's a three-part program to make your soil fertile. Um, so first we have to put the right things in the soil. Then we have to put the right um, life in the soil. Now we need microbes. We need, um, we, we need these little critters under our feet to digest the soil and the rock powders there. But we need to give them the right minerals. They can't manufacture that. So we give them the right material and then what is going to make your soil more fertile than everything else we do is to make that soil alive. And as we go through this list here of the, of the recommendations, down here we come to something called Eden. Well, what on earth is Eden? It's a product that uh, uh, looks like um, kelp. Kelp is simply the food or the carrier for it. What we're doing is putting life into that soil, okay? And when that, uh, it's in a spore form, it's a dormant form. So when that gets water and food, which is the kelp, uh, and normal growing temperatures, that's about 
60 degrees and higher, those things come to life and they will multiply very fast. And in a short time, you've got an army of workers for you under the ground. That's more important than everything else that you do put together. Okay, how often do we test the soil? Um, it depends on the size of the garden, okay? Uh, if you were a big farm, uh, <clears throat> we would be testing several times during the year. Because on a big farm, if I can raise, or that farmer can raise or lower his, his uh, production by 10%, that might make the difference between a very successful year or bankruptcy. In a backyard garden, usually every other year, okay? So, uh, <clears throat> so rather than test it every year, uh, maybe every other year, and in a backyard garden, if I plant an extra tomato plant or two, um, we'll make up the difference. We're not trying to make a living off of, off of the garden here. We're trying to make healing good food for you there. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> so that's what uh, this product Eden is. And then and let's go over to the next page. And it says transplant formula. This is the second place where we're putting life into that soil. Uh, transplant formula is a gray powder which is uh, rock powders. These are different types of, of rocks which are um, food for the microbes. There, again, we have them in um, the microbes in a dormant form. And again, with the right conditions, water and temperature, they're gonna come to life and work for you. Okay, <clears throat> if you put a line underneath that transplant formula, that would be the end of the first of these three um, things that we need to do to make your soil very, very fertile. Okay, so now let's go to the uh, nutrient drenches. Now, if we have a huge meal at Thanksgiving, can we then not eat until Christmas? Okay, but most people will put a whole bunch of stuff on their garden and then they won't put anything else on it for the season. There, uh, do the nutrient drenches. You need, you need the first part here to give the basics into that soil, the minerals there. Now we need the nutrient drenches, and you put those on um, every three weeks here, sometimes every two weeks to every four weeks, depending on your soil test here. But here, every three weeks, we're gonna take a product called CalMag Plus. That's calcium, magnesium plus. According to our soil test here, we needed calcium, we needed magnesium, we needed some other things, and it's all in that formula there. So we're going to take one quart of that, we're going to put it in 30 gallons of water. Okay, we're going to put it in lots of water there. <clears throat> to that, we're going to add two ounces of zehum. That's a humate. This is, uh, this is now the third place that we are putting life into that soil. This is a liquid now, the other two were dry. But <clears throat> we're putting life into that soil and we're stimulating it, we're feeding it at the same time. It's very important that we get the right things going there. <clears throat> um, then we're gonna spread that all out over this thousand square foot uh, garden. An easy way to do that is to, if you have a hose end sprayer, is to put in the two ounces of Zehum uh, and fill the rest up with the CalMag Plus uh, and just spray until it's all gone, okay? When it's all empty, spray a little more so that you wash the fertilizers off the leaves and it'll be just fine <clears throat> there. Now, there's another product over here. It says OND, that stands, you can write in there, that's Organic Nutrient Drench, OND. Organic Nutrient Drench. Now your soil recommendations will be different. It could be similar, but it will, it'll be different from this because your soil is different uh, from this. <clears throat> so first time we're going to use CalMag Plus. We're going to add the two ounces of Zehum and 30 gallons of water. Three weeks later we're going to take a quart of OND, organic nutrient drench. We're going to add the two ounces of Zehum and we're going to do the same thing. 30 gallons of water out over that. We're going to go back and forth. Don't mix those two together. They're giving your plants different things. Okay? And you want them at different times. All right, okay, if you put a line underneath here, that ends the second part of this fertility program here. 
Now we go to foliar sprays, and this is feeding the plant through the stomata. Now this is done weekly. Before we were doing it every three weeks, now this is done weekly. All right, so you need a, you need a sprayer, a clean sprayer, not one you used Roundup in. Um, and, uh, and now we're using only one gallon. Before we were using 30 gallons, now we're just using one gallon. And we're using four ounces of either Brix Blaster or Qualify, depending on what we want to do here. These are two different products. All right, let's look at the Qualify. Um, so we fill up uh, a gallon sprayer and let's say uh, four ounces of Qualify for leafy greens, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower. Uh, you can write in there for root vegetables, any, any root vegetables except carrots. That's one exception here. But um, uh, now, so you can use this on just about anything. Now, uh, then it says use Brix Blaster on everything else. Now, Brix Blaster is going to move your plant towards flowering and fruiting. If my tomato plant is that big, I don't want it to flower and fruit because the plant either is leaning towards flowering and fruiting or making vegetative growth. I want my tomato plant to be at least, at least this tall before I want to push it towards flowering and fruiting. So when it's big enough, it doesn't matter whether it's a tomato or a cucumber or a pepper, make sure that that plant is big enough that you want to change it into this flowering and fruiting mode there. <clears throat> now, there will always be some flowering and fruiting uh, push in a plant and some vegetative growth. When my plants are this small, my tomato plants are this small, I'm going to use Qualify on it. I'm going to wait till it's big enough, and then I'll switch it over, uh, and it, it, it will produce far, far more. Okay, so I'm going to do that um, um, every week. Okay, and now I want to go, and the next one here says Enthuse, Foliar Spray Weekly, uh, but we're going now to two ounces there, it says, as needed for plant stress. Right in alongside of that word stress, right in vigor, plant vigor, okay? That might be a better um, illustration here. This is a very good product, but uh, if your plant needs a boost, um, you could use this as, as, uh, for plant vigor there. <laughs> Down here, okay, uh, what kind of sprayer do you use? Just any, any kind of a hand pump up. Okay, what do we use when we're putting out the nutrient drenches? Good question. Um, I like that hose end sprayer that you just, it's a quart and you just, um, you just screw it on the end of your hose and that's an easy way to do it. Uh, if, if, you, if you don't do that, uh, take a 30 gallon uh, trash can, fill it up with water, put these things in and just water it out by hand. It's, it's just fine there. Uh, we want to under the, water the underside of the leaves. The, most of the stomata are under the leaves and on the stem. And now farmers, when they go out and foliar feed, they just blow this stuff everywhere and it gets, gets it adequately. You do want to do it either early in the morning or uh, late evening, uh, or I should say early evening. You want to do it maybe starting an hour before sunrise until an hour after sunset. Why? Because um, that's, those are the times when the songbirds sing. Uh, there's more oxygen in the air and that turns these songbirds on to singing. The, the, the birds' songs open the stomata larger, okay? And so it's an interesting uh, thing, a phenomenon, how it works. Um, you could have a songbird in a totally dark cage, and if you increase the oxygen, that bird will start to sing. No light at all, but it'll start to sing. But you see there's a time of the day when there's more oxygen or less oxygen in the air, and, and uh, this works very, very nicely there. Okay. <clears throat> all right, and I talked about enthuse. Let's use that for plant. Vigor, a good product, but you see we're, we're cutting that product down to two ounces now instead of four ounces. Don't overdo it. Do this in the right uh, proportions. Um, 
It's 35 minutes one way from my house to this garden at the church. And I went there one day with, uh, for class and did not have anything to measure with. And so I just, this was early in my experience there, and I just dumped some stuff in and sprayed there. I just about ruined the whole garden. I ended up with little black spots on every leaf and on every green bean and every zucchini and everything there. So if you do it correctly, follow these directions. Right, don't think, if a little bit is good, a lot is not better, okay? Let me give you another example on that. We all have lots of uh, salt in our bodies. If I cut my finger, my blood is salty. If I get a tear or a drop of sweat into my mouth, uh, it's very salty. We die quickly without that salt. If I take five little teaspoons of salt, doesn't matter whether it's C90 or any of the other salt. If I take it at one time, that's a lethal dose. That's enough to kill me, okay? So what's necessary for life, for us and our plants, out of balance, is absolutely toxic there. <clears throat> okay, down here it says foliar spray monthly. Now we're going to one and a half ounce of way ahead 10X and some dextrose and whatever. There's a place for this but not in the backyard garden. That's just cross that off if you've got a backyard garden. You got a farm, we're gonna use that. That's gonna be beneficial to you, but not for your uh, backyard garden there. Okay, this is an interesting result. Uh, this is a little Fuji apple tree that I had planted in my garden. Um, this, this is in the middle of the day. This is snow in the background, and you can see that the temperature is 32 degrees, maybe 31 degrees there. Um, and, and this little apple tree didn't know it was winter. It just kept right on growing there. Um, by, the, by the end of the winter and the spring, uh, just a few of the leaves on the top were still green. The rest had, had fallen there. But an interesting thing is that you will find that when you use the ocean water in the right proportions on your fruit trees, uh, it acts as a bit of uh, antifreeze. Uh, the the, the uh, soils are more, um, the sap is more uh, condensed and it's a benefit there. <clears throat> okay, that's, uh, that's my sister's hand in there to give you a perspective of that. Okay, uh, <clears throat> Okay, we cannot buy food like this anywhere, except for a very few market gardens uh, who are growing this way. And we need, listen, if you have any interest at all in doing a market garden, we need this and we need it locally in all of our different communities here. Um, uh, we could do a tremendous amount of good for people if we would have food grown this way. Uh, another thing is if, if, if people are used to eating rich foods and whatever, they're not going to stay on an Eden diet <clears throat> unless it tastes good. None of us are going to stay on a diet unless it tastes good. So this is a way to just really increase the flavor there. I do recommend different growing systems for different people here. Um, now the same basic ingredients for growing are included in each garden system. Uh, how they are supplied, compost, minerals, fertilizers, will be very different. Okay, this is this is an in, this is a an example of a grow your own um, nutrition program. This is a four foot wide by eight foot long box, and there are two of them together. Okay, that's the smallest that this particular system goes in. And it was very, very productive. There's another picture of that and those two boxes together. Okay. <clears throat> okay, this is the most expensive per square foot. It's absolutely the most expensive per square foot. It's the most convenient. For small gardens, um, two of these four by eight boxes to about 15, it might make good sense. If you're a very busy professional person, this might be the simplest and easiest way of doing it. 
Don't add any supplements to it. The soil test is going to tell us exactly what to put there. Do not add anything to that. You'll just cause it to go out of balance. There's another it's six weeks after planting. That is very, very productive. Um, Where is that? Uh, that's in Placerville, California. Okay. And that, um, that is Tracy Lemon's garden. Tracy, can I, uh, can I ask you to come up front? Are you willing to do that? Now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to make a spectacle out of Tracy here. Um, Tracy, when she came to me about a little less than a year ago, um, could not look up. Uh, she was bent over like this, and she'd have to look at me like this, uh, and it was difficult there. Um, Tracy has been eating out of this garden, um, and stand up straight, Tracy. So, <laughs> almost, almost there. Um, Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. You know, that's what he wants. He wants witnesses. Yes. And when we follow the plan, yes. the results are there and the abundance is there to share and still be well ourselves. And um, he and Donna, Donna Faye have been extremely supportive and generous. Um, and he's done a lot of the work because the agreement was we would exchange services and collaborate and I didn't realize how much work there was in the garden. I said, I'm so sorry, I think I better do more in the office than you do the gardening. But, but yes, it's a testimony. Yes. Praise Thank the you. Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Our bodies want to heal themselves. God has made us so that we'll heal ourselves if we do the right thing. So every time, everything we do has consequences. So we're either building our bodies up or we're tearing them down there. <clears throat> okay, let's go on here, see what else we have. Okay, three weeks from planting, uh, we started getting produce in Tracy's garden. Uh, very simple, excellent quality of food, simplest way to grow a garden. This is a, we call this a biological garden. Now, um, it's recommended over certified organic. Uh, because it's superior in nutrition. There are no poisons, there are no toxic substances. However, some of the materials cannot be used in certified organic gardens. Um, um, just one example, uh, potassium sulfate <coughs> um, is used in some of these gardens if, it, if your soil test shows that we need it. Uh, but uh, there are companies that go to the, to the trouble and expense of certifying their potassium sulfate as organic. There are others who do not, and it's the same identical product, okay? So why make the cost go up if we don't have to? <clears throat> there are other things like calcium nitrate and ammonium sulfate, which we have recommended here on, that you just saw, uh, <clears throat> that I could never use in a certified organic garden because they're chemical uh, fertilizers made in a chemical fertilizer plant. We'd never get them certified organic. However, let's talk about calcium nitrate first. God makes calcium nitrate. Every time it rains or snows or lightning strikes the ground, um, out of the sky comes nitrogen, uh, unites with calcium in the ground, and it makes calcium nitrate, okay? If I were going to do that, if I were to bring the calcium nitrate level up to where we want it organically, it's going to take me three to five years. I can get it immediately using calcium nitrate, but I can't certify that organic. Every time, let's go to uh, ammonium sulfate. Every time you go by a <clears throat> barnyard and it stinks, that's nature making uh, ammonium sulfate. If your compost pile stinks, the same thing's happening, okay? So, uh, <clears throat> so we can use those products in a biological garden and we can jumpstart that garden so that you have good produce this year, this season. Now it'll get better over a period of time, but you'll have an excellent garden right from the start rather than having to certify it. Now some of you need to, uh, may need to <clears throat> certify your garden organically 
because of customers that require it. And if, if you want, we'll, we'll do it organically, but it's going to be slower and more expensive. Uh, and we are not able to use some of these products. Let's see, this is just some of the, the uh, produce that we have. Um, I did a little quick calculation, and basically we, we ended up with, um, we ended up with <clears throat> about one and three quarter pounds of produce out of, out of um, Tracy's garden per day, oh per day, yeah. And uh, we didn't start counting immediately, and, but anyway, it's, it's good. All right, there are those, those beds put together, and I want to show you a couple of things here. Um, I want to show you how this goes together. We have, in most of the United States, we have a huge problem with gophers. So what, what is good is if you make a box um, for, for your garden, and you put quarter-inch hardware cloth in the bottom, okay? So you make this, you turn this upside down, and you staple that hardware cloth, it's quarter-inch hardware cloth, uh, there, all the way around. Make sure that you have no place where the gopher can get in. If, if you've got a half an inch or more, especially if you've got an inch, he'll go around and around that garden until he finds a way to get in. Now you've got him trapped in your garden. Okay, so you, you want to make sure that he stays out. Don't use chicken wire. That has too big a holes, and they'll go right through that there. Uh, it's probably easier if you use two-by-fours for the first bit there and then turn that up and then build up from that. Where you have these, um, where the boards come together here, it's a good idea to use a landscape cloth just uh, on the inside of that so that so that soil and water doesn't run through that way, so it goes down. Now, the roots can come and they can go through that hardware cloth, but uh, make that bed at least 18 inches tall, okay? I've seen a lot of people that made <clears throat> maybe a, a six inch or eight inch board around, and uh, one lady came to my classes a few years back and, <clears throat> and she kept telling me, Lynn, she said, I'm doing everything right, and she always took careful notes and whatever. Um, she says, but there's something wrong with my garden. So anyway, I finally went out to her house and looked at her garden. Sure enough, she had the most beautiful little plants there. She had um, zucchini that was smaller than my thumb. And all of her plants, see, she was using the right things there. So all of her plants looked very healthy and very nice. But what was happening, <clears throat> Her husband had made her these boxes, and the, and the um, gophers were coming underneath. Every time a plant roots went through that, the gopher would cut it off there. Well, we bonsai plants by pruning the roots and by tying them there. <clears throat> so she had the most beautiful bonsai green beans and <laughs> zucchini and whatever there. So give yourself at least 18 inches, and if you can go 24 inches, you would be better on that. Um, I don't know any way to, to keep the gophers out totally. Now, I'll show you some other pictures of gardens that are not protected at all, that are right alongside of this. And we do use a, a product called Molmax, M-O-L-E-M-A-X, okay? What it is is castor oil, uh, or the, when, we, when we use the castor bean and we squeeze the oil out of it, and what's left over is this bean pulp, and they use that for feed for some animals and whatever. Uh, all rodents just really dislike that. So uh, if you put that out over your garden, it's about $20 for, to cover 4,000 square feet. You're gonna have to do it several times, and it's not perfect, but it, the, the, um, the gophers go away. So I tried that in my garden, which is next to this one, <clears throat> and sure enough, it worked. Those gophers all moved out of my garden into my lawn. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Okay, just more of the same here. There, that gives you a good idea of to what that works like. Now, <clears throat> this is <clears throat> by actual soil tests. This is some of the poorest soil in our whole county. And our county goes from 10,000 feet high to a few feet above sea level. Um, 
there. Uh, <clears throat> so, so we sifted, there I'm using hardware cloth again, and sifted this out. And to that, we put in some perlite, and we also put in, um, what do we put in? We put in peat moss. There, peat moss has about a zero um, nutrient value. We didn't want to add nutrients to this. And you could put in some sand, too, if you needed to, to lighten that soil. The soil is so hard when it's dry that it's hard to, hard to dig with a pickaxe. And when it's wet, it's so gummy that you know you can hardly walk in it. You, you walk across the dirt there, and your boots have this much dirt on them there. Okay, let's go on here. Okay, while we put this together, now this is in dry California, so while we put this together, we put in water every now and then. Um, so we would have enough there. All right. Okay. Now we are switching to the Hybrix garden. And this is a Hybrix garden in Camino, California. A uh, fellow got started there. there I, I wish we had one of these in every community there. He's using the ocean water salts. He's using the right uh, procedures. Now, if you're going to go into a market garden, we're going to put you on a different program. Um, uh, where it's a little more complicated, but you've got to mix some of these things and do the math and whatever um, uh, and take regular soil tests there, but it'll work for you there and it will cost you less per square foot, less per pound of produce that you're producing there. Okay, let's go to garden in the box. This is the least expensive, very easy to use, <coughs> medium-sized gardens. Um, we're going to combine this with 10 pounds of agricultural limestone or gypsum and two ounces of boron and eight ounces of Epsom salts. Now, this is 10 pounds, this is ounces. So don't put 10 pounds in and don't forget to change this to ounces because if you put in two pounds of borax, you'll kill everything. Um, same thing here, there. Now, soil test is not required, but it is recommended. And if you get a soil test with this, uh, we'll, we'll vary these things depending on the soil test. Now there are a lot of people for whatever reason that it just doesn't make sense to spend $68 or so just to find out um, what's there. Maybe somebody's renting or maybe they're just um, too poor to do that. Uh, you'll still get a great garden uh, <clears throat> where I've sent these out and we've had repeat customers. Every, everybody that I've talked to has been very pleased with the results of this. This is Dr. Mintleiter's work years after he is gone. Uh, all right, now this is Tracy's garden that you saw earlier, and those are shade covers there. Uh, this, is, this is my garden, garden in a box, which I've used there for a couple of years. Very productive, and I have purposely uh, done it there. Least expensive way to grow. No soil test. All materials are organic. Combines the use of locally purchased products. Um, if I if I sent a um, if I sent you a, a, a box of um, limestone, which you're you know the right kind of lime for your garden, from back east, like we do with the other, um, it would cost more for the shipping. So buy this locally and we'll, it'll do just fine. It'll cover about 200 square foot row or about a 1,000 square foot garden there. <clears throat> this is what it looks like in that room over there. We've got uh, a bunch of them uh, on the table and under the table there. <clears throat> it's going to come with uh, two bags of a product called 644. That's just the fertilizer numbers, organic uh, material, one bag of earthworm castings, and one bag of C90. Uh, this is just one pound of the C90 in that small um, uh, bag there. <clears throat> uh, after your garden is established, this is for garden in a box, after it's established, apply the nutrient drench once per week. Now this is a different nutrient drench. The other nutrient drench um, that we talked about, uh, you, could, you could put through a fertigation system or whatever. This nutrient drench is made out of, <clears throat> is made out of, <clears throat> earthworm castings, <clears throat> earthworm castings, and uh, the 644. 
there. You're, so per gallon of water, you're going to use one ounce of each per gallon of water. So if you've got a five-gallon bucket, you might want to put five ounces of each in, mix it up. It will always have a muddy residue in the bottom. It's not going to dissolve totally. That's good stuff. Just when you get to the bottom, rinse it out, put it out on the plants. It'll do a great job. So this you want to use one time per week. You want that nutrient drench once a week, and your plants will grow and do very, very well uh, with that. That's the sun gold tomato, and it's awful hard to get those in the market. Um, but I try to grow them in each garden that I have, and people come to garden class, they'll go down and graze on those tomatoes because they're some of the sweetest. In, in Brixing food, um, tomatoes, you need to be about seven or greater to have a really good tomato taste. And those little sun gold tomatoes I've had up as high as 18. They're just incredibly good there. Um, this is an early girl tomato there, and it is a very good flavor there. There's more produce out of that garden. Okay, weekly feed, one ounce per gallon of water of each there. And we are out of time, so we're going to go. We're making a nutrient drench. I just measured that out, put it in a bucket, mixed it up with water, and then put it out there. You want to you measure that pretty, pretty accurately there. See how dirty that is? Um, it'll, it'll never come clean like the other, but it's good. All right, we use that for a transplant water and for a nutrient drench. It's the same thing, okay? Uh, you don't want to use the transplant water when you're putting seeds in the ground. Uh, because of the high nitrogen content, it will slow down the germination of seeds. So we don't want to, we don't want to use this when you're doing seeds. Just use plain water. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.